So I'm supposed to be all professional and shit after you just made me laugh until tears squirted out of my face. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome well, to the fucking podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Card Slingers podcast. Welcome to Card Slingers, where Hillary made me snort laugh and broke me for a good minute. Yay. Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie L. Ford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. Today we're talking about magic. Why, you might ask? Because it's my goddamn podcast and I wrote a book about magic and we're going to shoehorn that motherfucker in here, whether <laughs> you like it or not. So, um, it very, also, very professional. Very thank professional. You. Yeah. Great thank introduction. You. I am, I am class K-L-A-S-S with the hyphen. <laughs> she is beauty. Um, she is grace. Yes. She made me laugh out of my face. Exactly. So I wrote a book called Kitchen Table Magic, and I wrote it because I had a conversation with my friend, Karen Rontowski, who has a podcast called Paranormal Karen, which is awesome and hilarious. And she's also a comedian. And she said, I never studied magic because it seemed like it would be too complicated. Like I didn't want to go to classes and I didn't want to join like an order or something. And I was like, what? Because the kind of magic that I've always done is to throw some salt at shit kind of thing. And I tell the story in the book of the first time I ever actively used magic that I was aware of was when I was living by myself in this apartment from the 1920s and I saw something in my window. And this is a third story apartment. There should be nothing in my window. There's no trees, no nothing. And I saw little little eyes looking at me and I was like, my very first instinct was to run out of the kitchen or into the kitchen, grab a fistful of salt and fling it at the window. And I was like, fuck off. (laughs) And then it fucked off. And that's the first time I remember using magic. And I just started studying magic, which is how I knew that salt was a protection thing. And that's the kind of magic that I talk about in the book. It's you don't have to throw throw salt at everybody. I mean, you can. That's an option. But, you know, it's that kind of inherent. This is my magic. I, I It's within me. I don't have to go to a class. I don't have to study with a particular thing or doctrine or faith. I can just do it because it's of me. So that's what the book is about. And in it, I talk about like all the divination tools, like we talked about on our previous podcast, and we'll have part two of that coming up soon. Um, I talk about tarot cards. Look, there's me sliding it in. Did you feel that click when it finally hit base? Right in there. And I talk about- Good segue. Good segue. Thank you. Very slick and very cool. But I talk about like bibliomancy, you know, flipping open the page of a book and looking for an answer. And I also talk about like the ethics of magic and, um, you know, good places to learn and uh, what it actually is, you know. And so the book is, is I hope, and I, I've gotten good, good um, feedback on it. So that makes me really happy. But it's just an easy way for anyone, literally anyone to pick up, um, pick up their own magical practice and to get started. So it's kind of in, in the same vein as Kitchen Table Tarot. This is a beginner's guide to magic. And I think it's pretty good. I read it. It was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it definitely reminded me of why 
of what I do, how I've done it, and, you know, why you don't throw rocks at people. You know, that's why we throw salt at people. You know, you don't want to yes, hurt people. Yes, there's very small so, yeah. rocks. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hillary, did you read it yet? No, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> this is the problem of having so many writer friends that I literally yep. have a stack of books from all of my friends and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. It's cool. But I no. did I did get to read some of it um before it got published. Oh, that's right. Before on um, I that's yeah. 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 Ooh. You know, and, got and in on the ground level. Yeah, and like you're in it and Jamie's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, the best kind of of spells that I've ever gotten <laughs> is like I um, I was having a problem and I needed to fix it. And so I called Sarah, Kate, and Ellen, who are my two local tarot witchy friends, and said, here's the problem. Here's the stuff that I have. And I actually posted about this on my Instagram. I wanted, my kids are going away from me for two weeks. And even though I know they'll be safe, I wanted to protect them. And I happened to find on the full moon all their baby teeth. And um, I made them give me pieces of their hair. And my son was like, yoink, here you go. And my daughter's like, other parents don't do that. Um, but they gave me really great advice about how to create a protection spell for my kids. And I did, and I feel much better now. But but that's where the best magic comes from, is, is conversations with your friends and figuring out the best tools to use and the best time to do it. Because I was like, I should do it during the day because it's a happy, sunny spell. And they're like, no. You will do it at the full of the moon in the dark. <laughs> and sneaky about it. Protection is sneaky. Yeah. And so so I did, and it worked out great. But yeah. So because this is a tarot podcast, though, um, we wanted to talk about how tarot can work with magic. I think Hillary, I know, has taught some classes on this very subject. So I'm going to throw it to the East Coast. East Coast. What, what? Mm-hmm. So actually, I did my signature class uh, using tarot for spell work. Um, and I've taught it a number of different times for a number of different audiences. So it really depends on the audience that I'm teaching on how I will gear my class. So if it's an audience of spellcasters, I go a little bit lighter on the spellcasting mechanics and more on how you can integrate tarot into it. Mm-hmm. For tarot readers, so I, I did teach this class, um, I think it was, oh boy, Maybe it was 2013 for Reader Studio, one of the evening classes. And that was completely different, uh, yet again, because they were very familiar with using tarot as a divination tool, but not so much about spellcasting and how they can incorporate tarot cards into their spellcasting, not as, as a divination method, but also truly integrating the cards and using those cards as vehicles to make the spell go. Um, A vehicle, by the way, is the physical manifestation of your spell on like the, the physical plane. So it's there, it's our representation of what the spell is supposed to do. Um, So it was very, very interesting to find out um, what people's backgrounds are and how they know about tarot and how they can learn about using tarot in a different and new way. Like one of the classes that I taught was on tarot talismans and taking each of the 78 cards out of a tarot deck and casting a spell with that. So 
if you're on the go or you feel like you don't have your altar space or you don't have a candle or incense or whatever, like just take out your tarot deck and you can use your tarot deck as a spell casting vehicle. So I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on the I subject. I want to read that book. What? What you just said. Yeah, I know. Making, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> yes. like, my eyebrows are up is what I'm saying. That sounds amazing. Yes, I I know. I am one of the three of us that have not has not written a tarot book yet. I will yet. say yet. We keep we keep pushing her. We keep we keep trying to throw gently her. Nudging. Yep. Gently nudging. Gently nudging. One of these days we're going to just shove her straight into the pool and she's just going to have to do it. By, by the way, two other fire signs with a fire sign. It's about as subtle as a Mack truck. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. 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 We're just not. And that's okay because um, if folks want the calm and easy podcast, they can go listen to NPR and instead <laughs> they or choose easy, us. Or easy listening. Yep. Smooth yeah, I've got easy jazz. like Sunday morning sucking my Smooth jazz. But I mean, tarot, tarot can be really wonderful to use as a diagnostic method for um, prior to casting a spell. It can be good in the middle of a spell. It can be good as a postmortem for the spell. Or if a spell, quote unquote, goes wrong, I don't think a spell ever goes wrong. It's just we learn and it's just information. <laughs> but when you have a spell that didn't work out quite as you expected, you can do a, t a tarot spread on why that may have happened. And you can look at the different aspects of spell casting the way I understand it. And like my magic's different to Melissa's magic, to Jamie's magic, like we all have different styles. But to me, I use intention, vehicle and energy. And so I create a tarot spread to address those three aspects and ask, okay, well, what card's coming up in my vehicle? Maybe my vehicle was wrong. Maybe my energy was wrong. Maybe my intention was wrong. So these are ways you can bring tarot cards into a magical practice. And you can also activate different cards. Like if you're a weather witch and you need sunny skies for like the day of your wedding, activate the sun card. If you need help with travel, activate the eight of wands for, for swiftness and speed or the chariot card. So there's many different ways to integrate tarot into your spell casting. Okay. So I love everything that you said. And I think that it is something that we don't hear often in tarot circles is that it's not just a tool for divination. It is a tool for you to use in whatever way it can serve you. And I think I was in near class or read about it. I wanted the two, maybe you sent it to me because I don't think 2013, I was traveling yet. Yeah. But, I um, sent it to you. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant because these are tools like, the th one of the things uh, in the book that I wrote that's called Kitchen Table Magic, available now from Amazon and other book pub publication places. Bringing anyway, it back. Um, yep. <laughs> one of the things I talk about is to use the tools that you have. And, you know, I get frustrated sometimes. Like today I had a reading and this woman could not afford to, to she, I said, you don't call me again for a reading. You can email me in six months. We have homework to do. It's too expensive. And then I see folks like, saying I bought this $30 money candle. And, and I'm like, why are you spending $30 on a money candle when you're having money problems? You know what I'm saying? Like you can use a Sharpie on that motherfucker and dress it with oil or whatever. But what you're saying is that the tarot deck itself is a magical tool that you can use and you have it in mm -hmm. your hands. It's so, it just makes sense, Hillary, is what I'm saying. And, 
And yeah. I love it. And, and I mean, even, even if you don't have a tarot deck, you know, you can, you can go on to do an image search or an internet search and look at different tarot cards and be drawn to the energy of the magician or the queen of pentacles. If you're looking for money or looking for like financial solvency or the king of pentacles, whatever floats your boat or the 10 of pentacles, even for like a monetary windfall or commerce, find a version of that card that really is, you, is um, you're drawn to, or you find the imagery appealing, put that up as your desktop wallpaper. Mm-hmm. That is a spell too. Yep. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I feel like, like what you were saying, um, people feel like they need all of the accoutrements or these like eye of newt and tongue of dog or like, and it's just like, no, like use black pepper in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. If you need protection, use mm-hmm. salt you know, use sugar to sweeten someone's favor, you know, like these are all like, it's very kind of kitchen witchery, but at the same time, we are talking about kitchen table magic. magic. Oh, that sounds oh. like a book that somebody just published oh. on. Well, and the thing is, is did like, see that? I did, it was, that was much smoother than mine. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to take notes, but like, it, you fine. don't have to be, it, I don't cook. I don't, it actually freaks me out because I'm like, I'm responsible for feeding four people. No, no, I will not because I have set fire to a whole chicken. That's a story for another time. But um, it, it was in a pot of water too. So if you want to figure out those dynamics, good luck. Um, but the kitchen is a place for resources, right? It's a place mm-hmm. where we keep stuff. And like there was, um, someone was asking what spices should I use in a protection spell? Well, all spice, like pumpkin, pumpkin pie seasoning, has nutmeg, has cinnamon, has all of these cloves. Clove. Yeah, it's all in there. So just get pumpkin, pumpkin pie spice. Works great. <laughs> is cheap. Yes, that's you know? right. Pumpkin spice latte is a, is a potion. It's a spell. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not sure. just for me, everybody, because I love pumpkin. You know, if you don't want to. <laughs> so now, so Hillary is talking about using spells, and Jamie has another interesting use for. Um, for you know kitchen table magic or other kinds of magic that might be like kitchen table magic which happens to be the title <laughs> that was a clunky one that was a I little can't. bit clunkier. i'm trying I can't. all right i know all i right. love i love how we've started out being we are professionals we are we are we are professional tarot podcasters here and it's just the segues ladies it's the just segues. we gotta work on the segues uh, yeah we're good Right, anyway, Jamie, we know that you use you use tarot for rituals. So yes, tell us I more do. about that. And please tell the, the audience what is the difference between a ritual and a spell. <gasps> so there are a couple of differences. Sometimes they kind of go hand in hand for me because when you, I mean, a, to me, a, a spell is a petition. You're asking somebody, something, the universe, a god or a goddess, even your higher self, or, you know, your grandma or grandpa, please send me money or please send me love or, you know, please bring me something. So you've got this petition going in. Uh, ritual in my flavor of magic is kind of more of an honoring. It's a time to sit down and honor a season. For example, like my book, <laughs> Tarot Inspired Life, I have a chapter on spellworking. Plug. That was well done, too. <laughs> Thank you. No one even would have noticed it at Hillary and I had not jumped in. <laughs> I can't out. help myself. No. It was wonderful. 
Continue. But yeah, you know, so I, I do describe how I see the differences between spells as petition. You're actively asking, you're putting the vehicles out, as Hillary calls it, to say, I have a desire. Can you please bring this to me? And I also play D&D and sometimes people are like, well, spells are like wish wish uh, magic in D&D where you have to spend years trying to craft the perfectly careful statement so you could get exactly what you want, which is where I think some of the diagnostic tools go in. Well, why didn't I get exactly what I wanted when I said, please bring my soulmate to me right here, right now. And then you get a cat. Yeah. And then you get a cat. Well, (laughs) you did, you did get a soulmate. You got your cat, but you didn't ask for a person. You didn't ask for specifics. So you could use your tarot deck to diagnose that thing. But with the rituals, it's more of an honoring. My book, I um, chose not to kind of, I am pagan, but I didn't chose to rewrite different rituals that you could use for the eight Sabbaths, the eight holidays. Instead, I started out easy with let's honor every day, pulling a card or two or three or how many you want every day. That's a ritual. Ritual is creating habits. It's creating patterns. It's acknowledging the passing of time or uh, a particular moment that you want to remember. So pulling a card is kind of a ritual. Honoring the lunar cycle that so many of us do. That's another type of ritual you can do, whether it is the full moon, the new moon, or somewhere in between. You can pull cards, you can set up particular spreads for a ritual pattern, or you can bathe in water and do the whole thing and just do some sort of spell work component in addition to honoring that time. Um, And then you could also do um, seasons. So my book also contains the seasons. Like right now there's an autumn spread that you can do. I think I have six cards in it. I, I, my, my, my spreads for my rituals are no more than six cards, because again, as a beginner or as you're learning tarot, I don't want people doing like 36 cards. I do a year long ritual, um, where I have a tarot deck that it's all 12 months. And I also use two Oracle cards. So 36 cards, three cards a month. So it breaks down our three card reading, but I lay all that out up front. So every January I will lay out 36 cards and then, um, but every month I break it down. It's on my, my blog. We'll put some posts to all this so that you can all see and kind of carry along how I do this. But there are also other rituals that you can do in addition to like honoring the seasons, the passing of time, your birth date, your um, grandmother's passing, that one, et cetera, different holidays, whatever floats your spiritual boat. I have um, a thing that I do that I call it um, ritual manifestation, where you pick a element and an element isn't necessarily earth, air, fire, wind, water. It can be an aspect of yourself that you want to kind of learn and take into yourself. Like two years ago, I did a year-long elemental working to ritually manifest more self-love into my life because that's something I have, I still have hard time with this. So I know that this ritual is going to be ongoing, but I wanted to lay down the roots to see. And every month you pull a card and then you listen to that card's advice and it kind of informs you how and what you're going to be dealing with the energy of the month. And at the end of it, you either manifest what you want. Like you can even put like, I'm going to write a book in a year. Or something, or you can, you know, six months of a time limit, however, t- what time you want to spend with that element, you can do this. And this is a part of my book, too. So, again, Tarot Inspired Life does teach 
you how to like look at the cards as a ritual tool to use when you don't have anything. And like Hillary said, you know, or even Liz said, you can download pictures to your phone. You can download, make screenshots. You can even use 78 blank pieces of paper and just write their names on it. That I've seen people that have used that as a working tarot deck. I've done bits of that when I didn't have anything right up at hand. So there's a lot of flexibility in using tarot as a 78 card magical system. I mean, that's, I look at myself as a divination witch. Yeah. Everything I do has that element of tarot or oracle in it. I love it. It is a system. And I love what you said. There were two things that you you kept talking about time and how you Mm -hmm. mark time. And I think that tarot is an invaluable tool when it comes to like, like you said, the the passing of someone or, um, and I, one of the things that I recommend to folks, especially if they're in a grieving process is that you choose a card that like I, my grandmother is the queen of pentacles and I miss her terribly. So every once in a while, I just pull out the queen of pentacles and light a candle next to it, you know? And the other thing is that the, there is ritual within tarot reading. Shuffling the cards is a ritual, mm-hmm. you know, um, allowing somebody to touch your cards, which not during COVID, um, but that is a ritual. It's a ritualized behavior that helps calm the person, helps them, helps the cards fall in the right place. It gives the reader time to connect with them. That's a ritual. Laying out the cards in a specific way. That's a ritual. You know, every single aspect of a tarot reading is ritualized by the person who's holding the cards. And every single one is different. Um, And I've gotten readings from folks before, and I thought it was stupid at the time, but now that I'm older, I think it's less stupid. But they like, the curtains were drawn, and then they lit this incense, and it was like a big fucking production to light the incense. And then they sat down and were like, you know, breathing differently. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't need the pageantry, just lay the cards. But maybe that was that person's ritual on how they do readings. And that's great. That's great for them. And now that I'm less of an asshole, good for them. But (laughs) I think it's important as tarot readers to figure out your rituals. Like we were talking about in the podcast that's coming up, the, how we do readings. And the thing that never changes is like, I just gave her, I had like four readings today, so I'm totally amped up. And the, I, I was like, have I read for you before? And she goes, yes, a couple of times. I'm like, okay, first thing you need to know is I don't remember any of those readings. I yep. don't remember talking to you. The second thing is, and I went in the exact same spiel that I've given her every time I've read for her. And that is part of my ritual. I always have Libby in the room with me because she doesn't like being separated from me. And she's really a great dog. So that's part of my ritual, you know? Well, she's, she's a good dog. She's just 11 and cranky. Um, like no, that was my, that was my, I love Libby face. Oh, okay. I was, I wasn't <laughs> sure what face that was. I was like, I know you like Lucy better. Just say it. Fine. I love both of them. Okay. I, really do. I, I, have, I right. have more of a fondness for Libby just because she's got some Corgi in her. So I love the Corgi yeah, aspect. A little Chihuahua Corgi. No, she, she, she honored me by letting me pet her. So I feel oh, very, right. I feel very loved and you are appreciated. She, I but yes. She, so, but that's, <laughs> you know, everything that we do with tarot, either starts with a form of ritual because you're learning and the book says that you shuffle into your left hand. And that's the only way I can do it now because I've been doing it for 30 years because Eden Gray said that I was supposed to shuffle into my left hand. That's the only way I can do it. That's a ritual. Even though you can shuffle however the hell you want, 
when I shuffle the cards, I do it like Eden Gray told me to when I was 14, you know, and that that's a part of my ritual now. And when I teach people, I teach them shuffle however the hell you want. Well, that's going to be their ritual, you know? So I think that magic and tarot are intertwined because both of them come from within us. Anyone can do tarot, anyone can do magic, you know, and any kind of gatekeeping that holds us apart from things that are inherently ours is bullshit. Word. Word up. Is word coming back or is it just me and you? I, just, I, I don't know. It could be just us. I, I, okay. I have a problem. I think we should bring it back. Facebook <laughs> took away my word. They used to have a word sticker. It was a little oh, no. word bubble that said word in it and I can't find it anymore. And I'm kind of disappointed. We'll but start then, a petition. Yeah. Have them bring it back. But so, do you, yeah. Do you find that um, your magic now is trying to get back to the magic that you had when you were a child? Yeah. Yeah. It's There's a lot more push for me to go outside, which I don't go outside. I have, I've got the asthma and they're because the co because the COVID. Yeah. But, and, um, but I've been really getting pushed to sit outside and like, I've seen some beautiful sunsets and sunrises and, you know, I've even been tempted to go for a walk, which is not like me at all because I have a car. Thank you very much. But I, <laughs> but I remember, and in writing this book, kitchen table magic published by Llewellyn publishing available now, um, by writing this book, I remembered going for walks. I broke Hillary. I remember no, going Ken, for walks. Kendra's just going to have to to put in. <laughs> ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All the I sound went effects. In like my grandpa's woods all the time because I was practically feral when I wasn't in school. And I would climb trees and I would make potions out of like rainwater and moss and you know, that was my first magic. And I believe that if I drew a circle around me with daisies, I would be protected. And I was, you know, and I I found that I lost a lot of that, you know, in my twenties and thirties. And I'm just now coming back to it into believing that I can actually, you know, what is magic? It's doing something for your damn self. I can protect myself. I can take care of my kids. I can, I can decide what my future looks like. It's a very proactive feminist really um movement and because so much of the power has been taken away by the patriarchy you know midwives getting killed because they were witches because you know doctors started taking over all the midwives duties like that shit's historical and it's so last today and in looking for a female-led religion fucking good luck you know so um you know i think any any person can be comfortable in magic. And I think the fact that it's, it's God or belief structure is genderless is, you know, um, sexless. If you want it to be, it's, it's its own thing. You can just believe in yourself. You know, you don't have to believe in a deity. You don't have to believe in, you know, that we're all connected or whatever. I, I happen to believe that we're all connected, but that's not the point. The point is, is you can believe whatever you want because the power comes from within you regardless of of how you're born or how you're raised you can come to this naked as your own self and magic will still be there for you shaped in 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 the way that you're that you feel and crafted just for you and i think that that's amazing you know what a great gift was that really deep or did i just ramble no that was great <laughs> i can never tell i just have one more question before we wrap this episode up where yes, can they 
Where can everybody find Kitchen Table Magic? <laughs> you mean Kitchen Table Magic, the new book that's been published by Llewellyn Publishing and written by Melissa Sinava that's available online now and in all bookstores and stuff? <laughs> Wherever yeah. you get your books. Wherever you find your books. Uh, if you are in St. Louis, I want to give a shout out to Left Bank Books, who always helps support me, and uh, Pathways, who is my favorite witchy store in the world. I get to go there and see Mel on Wednesday, you guys. I'm signing books and shit. Yay. Guess which book I'm signing. I don't know. Could it be Uh, Kitchen Table (laughs) Magic? I was thinking it's going to be the Scorpio Seas Tarot. Oh, that one too. Yeah, I'll be signing both of those. Some other thing that she did. This episode was sponsored by (laughs) Kitchen Table Magic. (laughs) You know, I'm not good at being subtle anyway, so might as well just be honest and i honestly wanted the opportunity to talk about my stuff with my friends so thank you guys for doing this for me it's something i'm very uncomfortable with doing because i'm just like can we talk about me and then i hid under my desk for five days and then we did the podcast (laughs) can you tell that we're all fire signs doing this podcast let's talk more about ourselves yep let's talk about (laughs) we should do an astrology and tarot thing Ooh, like Yeah, like one episode. No, we, like, I thought we did. Okay. Didn't we? Wait, did we? I don't, I don't think know. we have. We haven't. Well, I'm, I am I will be the one that doesn't know astrology. Should I stop the recording, by the way? Because I. No, I think okay. this is fun. Okay. This is fun. All right. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. Um, by the way, listeners, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you think we should throw in an astrology and tarot only thingy. Mm-hmm. And or I, if you have any other topics uh, next week are um, or sorry, in two weeks. Our episode is going to be a listener recommended um, episode. So we do take requests. If you have anything, give us an email, yeah. shoot, shoot us an email at cardslingercc at gmail.com or post it to us on Twitter at cardslingercc. And it'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for, for helping me pimp my book. And um, yeah, see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.